another day. All right, let's ride. appreciate you being here i appreciate you telling a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend and speaking to friends telling friends shout out to the homegirl kenya my bro brooks who's been on this podcast with me before a couple of times he hipped her to the podcast she said she liked it and felt enough of me to shout me out on um her personal facebook page so i really appreciate that man one love for the homie i think she's out there swinging trucks and also one love to all the homies and anybody out there listening to this that drives trucks especially if anybody going through louisiana right now in any place where the weather's bad hey man um y'all be safe out there keep listening let me know what i can improve on also speaking of friends if you guys see the links on the bottom of the the podcast show notes the little description you'll see there's links down there like the last two links one of them is from my homeboy who owns a record label who's always put music out the soundcloud link is from my other homeboy who uh, has a record label as well. He just put out a song recently. I want to say July 5th. So please check those links out. The second one, if you want, if you need anything uh, mixed, he's an audio engineer. He also does his own rapping, writing, whatever, and makes his own beats. So check the homie out, man. Mr. Trent Brooks and the homie Weeks who owns New Jack City Music. So I figured I'd you know, show some love to the friends who show love to me. So I figure I'd let y'all know what that means because I haven't talked about it in a while and I'm rambling. So let me get right on into it, man. By saying I'm proud of my homies and speaking of pride, actually. Hey, man, check it out. It's Pride Week in San Diego and I know people out there having a blast. I can tell because the streets of Chula Vista are dead. Usually on the weekend, it's a lot of people out. I'm not really seeing anything right now. I feel like everybody was either at that the block party or parade, whichever one. Go out there, have a ball, two, whatever. Live your best life if you out here celebrating pride for LGBTQ and whatever letters I forgot or do not understand. Celebrate all that shit. Because one thing I know, two things for sure, nobody else is going to do it for you. So when they say live your best life, live your best life. Live it without limits. Nobody else is going to do it for you. And any pro- anybody that has a problem with you living your life the way you want to live it don't really deserve to be in your life. You only get one before you got to punch that ticket. So you might as well be happy and enjoy yourself. Just try not to hurt other people. That's my only request. Live your life. Love who you want to love, how you want to love them. Just do your thing and try not to hurt other people. That is my lowly request from a humble straight man trying to make people feel comfortable in this fucked up world. Because there's a lot of things going on that uh, make me angry. And I, I kind of have conflicting views about things being introduced to kids, whatever. But at the end of the day, if the kids are going to grow up and treat everybody like a fucking human, then I can't really be upset with that because that should be the goal. Equality for all. Opportunity for all should be the goal. If you're trying to be a decent human being, that's just my opinion, man. You may not feel that way. But if you're going to get into a couple of my opinions today, but um, 
Let, let's start with some funny shit. Let's start with some funny shit. I think my wife sent me this, or I just saw it on Facebook. But apparently, in my home state of Florida, which I was glad to visit a few months ago, a woman who was uh, working at Dunkin' Donuts as the manager hired herself as an employee and then would collect the money. Now, this is theft. Don't get me wrong. This is Steve Reed. You're stealing. It's like $8 an hour, but you're still, you're still stealing. And it's wrong. But it's kind of genius to steal your own. And you know what? I don't know if she stole her own identity or whose identity she created. But I'm thinking, like, what she did is maybe stockpiling it for the long haul and going to even go as far as collecting the income tax? Or was this just something for the, for the short term? I don't know what her plans were. I don't pretend to know. But what I do know is it's funny and she got her ass arrested as she should because while I think it was a slick way to do something, you're always going to get caught when you mess with other people's money, especially to the tune of a thousand something dollars. They're going to be looking at that, trying to figure out what's going on. And I mean, you're really taking a job from somebody else who probably needed one. You dig what I'm saying? Because that spot that you had somebody working in, that you had yourself working in while not working in, it could have been given to somebody who actually needed that money. That $8 an hour may not seem like much to an adult holding down a household, but to a young kid trying to get started and generate their own income, they could have definitely used 8 bucks an hour. So I'm glad uh, she got caught, as she should. You break the law, you do stupid shit like that. You deserve what you get, but but it is funny. It is, it is, it is very funny. Um, speaking of jobs, like I myself started a new job, same same uh, company, new job, whatever. And it's it's been okay the first couple of days. I'm still experiencing the facade face that everybody has. You know, like you check in to a new job or whatever. And if you're cool, the people that will let you know what's going to happen. They'll kind of give you a heads up. For me, I like to let myself get to know people on an individual basis and inform my own opinion of them. But right now, I'm in the I'm in the waiting phase. I'm in the waiting I'm waiting for me to make a mistake and see how they react to it or waiting for me to disagree with somebody and see how they react to it. And lucky for me, I'm not coming in at the bottom of the situation. I'm coming in with a little bit of leverage and in a, in a decent position. So I get, to, I get to get the full experience to now judge everybody accordingly with my own brain, eyes, ears, whatever. And I'll get back to y'all. But it's, it's been cool so far. It's, it's different than what I was doing before, but it's cool. I like it so far, and I look forward to doing it. Ain't nothing I ain't did before, so I'll keep you guys posted on that. But, yeah, man, new job, new me, man. I'm trying to trying to change some things, keep some things the same. Just trying to maintain my my Terrence Howard shit. Also, um, I recently watched this show called World Stuff is Prison, and I really hope I did not talk about this last time and then forgot, and I'm talking about it again, but bear with me. So there's a series on Netflix called World Tough is Prisons, and it's hosted by a guy who was in prison for murder for 12 years, a murder he did not commit. So now this guy's out, and he is um, traveling the world, going to the most jacked-up prisons in the world. He's been, he's been down in Central America, he's been in Europe, and he's been in uh, Romania where they had the gypsies in prison. But the one I want to talk to you guys about right now, before this battery dies, is the one he went to in Norway, where you got people only getting 10, 15, 12 years for murder sentences and it's to the point where you can see that uh, the guards are in the prison facilities chilling with the people that are locked up and it's crazy but it's beautiful in a way because you see that the people in Norway 
and at least in that particular prison, the goal for them is to rehabilitate the people and get them back out into society so they can contribute because they think like how I think. Like, while some people I want to be locked up for a long, long time, I'm not going to lie. Some people I just want to be away, depending on the crime. What they're doing there is they're knocking down the recidivism rate, and that means people who repeat offend and go back to prison. They're attacking that by rehabilitating people, giving them jobs, treating them like human beings first instead of criminals, and trying to push them back out to the workforce to be productive. Now, this seems counterintuitive given that the way that a prison is funded is probably by the amount of prisoners in there doing work and low-income labor so that you know the prison can basically profit. That's how it's set up in the States, but I'm guessing over there it's just a little bit different. It was just really interesting to see how people can have different perspectives on things and gain different outcomes based on the value that they put on other people, which is kind of fucked up when you think about it. But if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, like how much better would we be in the States if people were rehabilitated instead of instead of sentenced with no type of no type of training or no type of motivation to get back out there and contribute to society in a proper way. If a person knew that they would go somewhere and get training to be able to move throughout life and elevate to a better standing, maybe they would if they vice you know, knowing they're gonna come out with a felony and not be able to really financially contribute or even vote in some places. Like they're done for life. That F when you get that F on your record and you can't get it off, you're done as far as earning income, which basically turns you right back into crime. It's a cycle. Not all. Like don't say all people. I'm not giving everybody a blanket excuse. Some people get out there and they do fine and they make it work. But what I'm saying is it's definitely not a reason to turn your life around when you go out and you can't get a job. The punishment should end with the with the time being served. Why punish them and put them in a situation to go back? But when that's how your industry makes money, prison industrial complex, I guess that's got you, how you kind of got to do shit. You don't want to get keep yourself out of business. And these prisons are definitely open for fucking business. I thought I would share that with y'all. But that's uh, World's Toughest Prisons on um, Netflix. And the episode in particular was the, the Norway episode. I think uh, it's worth checking out. Very much so. I also watched something else, another documentary. I watched part one of it today, and I'm probably going to watch the second part later this week because I'm a huge wrestling nerd. I'm going to go watch something else. But anyway, this documentary is about, it was a high profile, I think it was on Netflix first, and it was about um, these two kids and how one one was a young man, he ended up committing suicide, and the girl he was talking to or dating at the time convinced him via text messages or she supported his idea to kill himself. Instead of calling somebody, trying to get this kid some help, in her brain, she was supporting him through his, through his, uh, I guess, his situation, through his issues, but she actually ended up encouraging this man to commit suicide. And I, he had, um, damn it, I wanna, I can't remember what these damn things are called. But they, he had a generator, and he basically, um, put the generator in the truck with him, cut it on, he stayed in there and killed himself via carbon monoxide poisoning. And at one point he got out because he was scared and the homegirl told him to get back in. And Brody unfortunately got back in 
ended up committing suicide. And the documentary I'm watching now is about, it's talking about him, but it's mainly focused on Michelle Carter and how she encouraged Conrad Roy III to commit suicide. So I think it's worth checking out. I'm, we just got through the first half today. It's good in a bad way. It's kind of like when they see us. It's good like in a, in a chilling, messed up way. But if you ever heard anything about the case, it's worth a watch to see how the people who did the investigation and did the police work and did the journalism behind it, you get to look at them and see them react and relive their story as they tell it. And you can see the expressions on their face, how shocked and disgusted they were by the actions of this young woman. I don't know what's going to be the outcome of the trial because I didn't focus on it too much. It happened back in 2014. But I'm going to definitely watch the second part to get to, to get to you know to the ending or whatever, and see what took place. But I think it's definitely worth a watch if you're looking for something to burn like an hour or some chance of your time. And I'm, I'm getting through this faster than I thought, man. This is this is good for me. Um, sports, real quick, and then I'm gonna get into a couple of social things. Um, the Rockets traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook, and I'm surprised, but I'm not, because the way things were going in the NBA, when Paul George went to uh, the Clippers to be with Kawhi, it came out that the Thunder tried to offer Russell Westbrook in the package, and when he had denied himself the opportunity to go home and play in L.A. to stay with OKC after KD left, I can understand him being a little bit upset, because Russell Westbrook could have easily went to the Clippers, or easily went to the Lakers when his time came up in free agency, but he chose to stay loyal to OKC. Now, as a person that's loyal to the team, but really wants the athlete to get their way, you kind of get caught in the situation if you're the type of person like me. But I'm glad he got out of there. The Rockets get to part ways with Chris Paul and get him out of there because apparently him and James Harden weren't really getting along. That's what the reports were, but who knows how true it is. But now you get to bring in Russ, who's been a teammate with James Harden before. It's just a matter of them two working together. I'm interested to see how it works out. I don't know how well it will. But I think it'll be fun to watch for the time I'll have to watch it. And also, the Rockets actually picked up a former number one pick, Anthony Bennett. Now, Anthony Bennett had been in the league, and, you know, the LeBron factor weighs heavy. He got drafted to Cleveland, who's supposed to replace LeBron. Now, LeBron decides he wants to go back to Cleveland. And Anthony Bennett was there. The next year they drafted Maple Jordan, whose name I somehow just forgot. But the young boy who plays, Anthony Andrew Wiggins, the young boy, the young boy who plays for Minnesota. So the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers traded their draft rights to him and Anthony Bennett to get Kevin Love to go to, from Minnesota to Cleveland to be there, be there with LeBron when he came from Miami. Crazy how much, how much pull that guy has. But then Anthony Bennett, obviously, like I just said, was involved in that trade. It didn't end up working out for him. He bounced around the league for a couple of years. I'm pretty sure he's playing somewhere else in the world. But the Houston Rockets are going to give him a, char a chance. No guaranteed contract to see what he can do for them. And hopefully, man, he does well. Hopefully he's in the system where he works and he can continue to you know, pursue his NBA career. I'd like to see that. I'm always a fan of a good comeback story, good underdog story, and who knows? The West is wide open, man. If he can just, if he can grab rebounds, if he can grab a decent amount of rebounds and set some good screens, he can get a job in the NBA. 
he can work for any team in the NBA. There's no team in the league right now that doesn't need somebody to screen and grab boards. And if he has developed an arsenal, an offensive arsenal beyond that, he's gone. He just has to be in decent shape and be able to understand what the coach wants him to do. That's it. That's it. I wish him the best of luck. One time for Anthony Bennett. And um, that, that's all really all I got for sports, man. I did come across some new music. My guy, one of my favorite rappers, probably my number, my favorite rapper right now. You know, Jay-Z's my rap hall of fame. He don't count, but Big Crit put out an album. So go check that out. It's pretty good so far. Standout song, obviously, the one he has with J. Cole. It's pretty good. Go check it out. I haven't listened to it a whole lot yet. That will change. I'm just giving y'all some awareness, player. Go ahead and enjoy that. Another thing I want to talk about, and this is for me leaning more towards the social things. I came across something. I think I saw it on Vice on HBO, and they were talking about Bollywood and skin lightening in India and how the caste system is really still in effect and that people with fairer skin are getting acting jobs over people with darker skin. And this shit don't go away like it, like it doesn't. You think these things, that we will move past these things, but these, these ways of these customs, cultures, these beliefs are hundreds of years old. And when you have a culture that's, that has that conviction, that's strong, like changing that, you're going to meet resistance. Think about what's going on in the U.S. right now. That's, and that's why I say marketing is key. What the masses accept at one point in time is going to be a hard feeling to overturn. It's going to be hard to change people's minds. We have right now in the U.S. going on, uh, if you look at it through the, progress, through the progressive lens, it's like this inclusion, this inclusion thing that everybody wants. You want inclusion, like for whether it be the races, whether it be religions, creeds, um, whether it's the LGBTQ, it's all about inclusion. That's why you're seeing things being inserted into these these cartoons and these these children's shows and this and why I really think that's something that should be on the parents. I understand the over you know the overall arcing goal of it is to by the time these people are adults, they are tolerant people and aren't assholes. They're not jerks. They're not growing up thinking that these people are weird because you weren't exposed to it as a child. They're growing up with some sort of exposure to it. And I may be frustrated with it now, but 10 years from now, when my daughter's a decent human being, will I really care? Who knows, right? I highly doubt I will. I don't care now that she's aware of certain things. I just want her to be a good human being. And that's where the focus should be. But it's a shame to see that this is still going on in India. It happens in the States. It happens here. But there, it's uh, it's real. It's You're not getting a job. They don't have the same things in place that we have here. Or you can't get a job because you're dark-skinned. Nah, you're not getting this job. You're not good for this. You have to see people. So if you get a chance to look at uh, Vice and check it out, it's, on. It's, it's actually pretty messed up. Speaking of things that are messed up, these um, there's a lot of things going on in politics. I watch a lot of CNN. And I try to watch a little bit of Fox News when I get a chance and when I want to be made mad. But I haven't been watching Fox News lately. I have been watching a lot of CNN. And I like the banner between Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. But other than that, I've just been seeing a lot of news. And um, one of the things that pissed me off that I think I, I saw there at first was 
former speaker Paul Ryan, when he was, uh, he apparently, now that he's retired, he, re he wrote a book, as they all do. He wrote a book, and in this book, he took the time out of his retired life to criticize a political figure in a pretty prominent position. It's a pretty big political figure who was already famous before he got in office. But he took the time out to um, to make some pretty inflammatory, obvious yet inflammatory quotes. And one of the ones, the standout one was, he didn't know anything about government and that Speaker Ryan tried to keep him from making bad decisions all the time. And it's like, yeah, cool story, bro. You got a book up, but where was all this? Where was all this at when you were the Speaker of the House? When you could have done something? When you could have tried to create change? You said that you were silent. You were complicit. You let all these things go wrong. You never stood up for yourself. You never stood up for anything decent. And now you write this bum-ass book and you put these buzzwords in it because this is going to sell. People, people want to read this shit. People are going to read it. And it's getting retweeted and put out everywhere. You're going to make money. Okay, that's cool. But it's like, where your heart at, brother? Where's your integrity? You knew what this person was about. You did nothing. Mitch McConnell does nothing. You sat there. You got paid. You left. You wrote a book to talk about this to get paid some more. So now you're using this bad person that you knew was fucked up in order to benefit yourself again because in all honesty that person's personality cast a shadow so big over you people barely noticed you and you were too weak to be a man and say something because you got scared you got scared and fear fear is a hell of a weapon it really really is especially when you're dealing with somebody that doesn't have that has no guidelines that has no no real moral compass it's just going to do what they want to do. It can be powerful, but you're in a powerful position. You're a man. Be a man about shit. And this is why I could never be a politician because I would never be able to control myself in a situation where I knew I was right. And just, you know, for lack of a better word, bend the knee to something I knew was completely wrong. I could not be a part of the group think, the group think that just let that go. That ain't me. It's not how I roll. So I could be a politician. I probably just wouldn't really be a successful one because I would speak my mind. This is um. This is this is low. This is low. It's, I will put you on equal footing with that same individual, because you weren't man enough, or speaker enough, to say anything about this, when it was going on. You could have easily had an impact. You chose not to. You were complicit. And now, this is what we're stuck with. The gravity of this is, 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 what I, is what makes me angry the most. Because this person that you were scared to talk about is only adding fuel to the fire and encouraging people who aren't ready to move forward, who aren't ready for inclusion, who aren't ready for things to progress and change. He's empowering them because nobody's fucking checking him. But hey, everybody claims that their moral compass is so high and that 
It's a Christian nation, but how do we treat other people? There's no morality. There's no sense of humanity. There's no sense of decency, is rather, is the word I'm looking for. If you look at this individual was quoted in the tweet because um, he's upset with these congresswomen that are outspoken, minority women. They speak their mind. He's under the assumption that these people were not born in this country. One of them was. One of them was born in Somalia, became a citizen in 2000, um, say 2000, yeah. He wants to believe that these people are from foreign countries. Bold enough, empowered enough to send out a tweet that says they should go back from which they came. He's basically, not basically, he flat out said they should go back and fix the broken countries basically from which they came. And show us how to fix it. He said, go fix where you're from. They're from here. They're from New York. They're from Boston. They're from Detroit, Minnesota. They're from right here in the U.S. That's what they're trying to do. Fix the country from which they are from. So it doesn't make sense. You say these things and the thing about it that pisses me off the most is like, hey, I know that this individual isn't a decent person. One. I also know people call this man stupid. He isn't stupid. He knows exactly, exactly what he's doing. Even if at his core he doesn't believe it, his ambition to win and to be talked about drives him to these antics because he knows people are going to react. All he cares about is being at the top of the timeline. And he knows there's people that agree with this. That they're going to roll no matter what. So when he said he can shoot a person in the middle of Times Square, and that's what happened, he told you the truth. He told you. It was right there. Look at what he's doing. Look at what he's saying. Look how many, at how many people make excuses for this behavior. It's insane. But hey, it don't exist. And I was a fool too because I was like, you know, well maybe maybe he's just doing it to, you know, to stir the coals to get the fire to come back up. It's too consistent for me now to believe it's more than a ploy. I, I still think it's a play. But at this point, I believe it now. I didn't, I'm bought in. I was like, maybe he's not racist. Maybe he's just doing this to stir shit up. But to be able to repeatedly do this shit, hey, I was wrong. I was saying I was wrong. Because the motherfucking racist. Straight up. I can't say it no other way. I was wrong. And I wasn't wrong because I was trying to be sympathetic and don't give him a chance. It wasn't none of that. I was wrong because I thought it was just a simple ploy because this person comes from New York City. He's been around people of all type of demographics for years. Had people of different races and creeds around him for years. But maybe because he was engaged in business, he just didn't show it. That that money green, that money green will block out a lot of other colors. When you're talking about 
people and how they feel about racism. That that green, that green bag will stop a lot of a lot of people's thought process. When you talk about money, they'll stand in a circle with somebody else, especially somebody without morals. It's just like the lady, she came, she had some work supposed to get done on her house. The guy, young white guy, showed up to a black couple's house with a big ass fucking Confederate flag on the back of his truck. She tells him, hey, you know what? Never mind, fam. Go ahead. We don't want your services. He said, you'll take the flag down. How deep are your convictions really? How deep are your convictions really if you, you bold enough to ride around with that shit on the back of your truck? Knowing whether what you believe it means or what you think it means or what other people think it means. Knowing that it's inflammatory. Point blank period. You know that's going to make people mad. And you're riding around with it because you want to show them, hey, I don't care what you think, I'm proud. Okay, cool. But when it came to the almighty dollar, he was willing to take that shit right down. Show you something. How deep are your convictions really? How deep are they? You mad because these four young women are pissed off about what's supposed to be going on at the border? Even though it, people knew about this shit months ago, and now everybody just not getting hyped about it? They should have been this mad months ago, like Como said? Okay, I give you that. Good, be mad. So you mad because they're pissed off at you about the condition that you let go? But you ain't going down there. You more concerned with immigration in Florida than you are in New York City? You more concerned with immigration, excuse me, in Texas, in the Southwest. Well, you never even really lived, but you lived in Florida, lived in New York City. But don't talk about the immigration there, about the illegal immigrants there. Come on, fam. I've said this a bunch of times, but we know People coming to New York City all the time and don't leave. If you ever been there, it looks really easy to me to get there and get lost in the sauce and people will never know you're there. I'm just saying. But that's, be that angry at the situation at the border. That's my thing. Represent the country. But I say these things knowing full well that is not the goal. That's not the goal. This person generates revenue for a lot of people. And one thing I know about people is they like their money. So while I see all these people trying to, to get this man out of office, I fully expect him to be there for a second term. He's making people a lot of money. A whole lot. But this is when we talk about morality, Christian nation, this, that, and the third. Look what's happening. Look at it. It's right there. And we arguing about stupid shit about Ariel being black. This is a dude... One of the guys I worked with in the past, young black dude, I had to yell at constantly for make for just doing shit that I thought was ridiculous. I'm not gonna put his name out there, but he he's out here compared like they got all the memes coming out about oh, what if they make they make this person black, this black person a white person in the movie? Like this is what we arguing about. And you mad and you wanna talk about well what if they make this real life black person white? Come on, fam. That's dumb. But that's what this type of rhetoric has, op rhetoric has opened up the country to. Just arguing, for, arguing to argue. That's it. We love to disagree and talk shit on social media. We love it. It's just frivolous shit. Now the same attitude is being applied to our politics. But we'll, we'll see how far this country has gone backwards in a couple years when these elections come around. We'll see. And I'm, I'm telling you guys from experience, the shit hit different when you see it in person. 
I was at the border shopping. Leaving the border, like I heard it before I went into the store, leaving the border, got caught in a protest. Now I'm in the car with my family, wanting to get home, wanting to go get food. But for me to be able to see that, real life, not on the news, to see men and women of all colors, all backgrounds, walking together in protest of the shit that's going on at the border, it hits you harder in real life. I guarantee you that shit. And that's why I get pissed off when I see people talking shit that don't live nowhere near the border. And I know people come in through here and they move throughout the country, the spooky, spooky Mexicans, but I live amongst them all day long. No issues, no problems, love it. Kind of mad I got to move, but it is what it is. So when you see it in, in person and realize, when you realize that you're not wrong as a minority sometimes, when you think like this it's built for me to fail here. It was it was cloudy before. Like, it's not set up for me to succeed. People do not want to see us win. Not all. I'm not saying not all. Some people really had that stay-in-your-place mindset. Oh, it's not that bad. But nobody tells the Jews not to be upset about what happened to them in the past. Well, but niggas, spigs, Native Americans, Indians, whatever you want to call them, Oh, we all got to shut the fuck up. Asians, we can't be upset. And this is why I just get mad dealing with people. like Because I have friends from all backgrounds and people just disagree. But then you got to have hard conversations. And explain to them. Why when people, you see people marching on a Friday night. It could be anywhere else. They on this side of the border. They good. Gucci, citizenship is straight. They don't have to be there. Knowing that they're walking down the street fighting for something they believe in, knowing what I know, that that shit is going to fall on deaf ears and nobody who can change it is going to give a fuck. Nobody who's in power right now because they're making too much money doing what they want to do. And the crazy thing is they're not even benefiting from the shit that's going on at the border because that's the workforce for a lot of people. People who own these big businesses and shit, they, they thrive off paying people low wages. But it's just the fact that they're going to get people to buy in by them ignoring what's going on at the border. And they wouldn't do with it. It's sickening. It is. Even if it's not as bad as they say. When I see people wrapping up fucking tinfoil blankets to lay down. And they're only showing you images of a man to scare you. Just like they do black men. They'll show you the negative image. Of the men locked in cages so you don't really kill it. Oh, he's a Mexican dude. Show them women and children. I want to see that footage. I want to see the women who were talking about having to drink out the toilet. I want to see what's going on. I want to hear the interviews. Get the translator up there. Let's go. I want to see it. But hey, man. It's told by the winners is what they say. But we're here right now. And when I tell you this shit hit harder in real life, it hits a whole lot harder in real life when you can see people out there on a, tell you, on a Friday night probably just got paid out there marching in the street because they're pissed off and they're angry. 
and while and while I support them, I support their ideals. I know if people don't vote, if the right people don't get paid, that shit ain't changing no time soon. Just ask yourself, where's all this money going? Who's benefiting from what? And when I tell you marketing plays a huge part in how people are view things, and I'm not talking about only products, but how you view another religion, how you view somebody's sexual orientation, how you view other fucking people, marketing is a motherfucker. And that's all this shit is. It's all propaganda and marketing, influencing other people to believe something. That's all it is. It's a big ad. It's an ad. Every, every tweet, every interview, every time the buzzwords get used, and both sides are doing it. It's all marketing to achieve whatever XYZ goal is. For some, it's election. For some, it's re-election. It's all fucking marketing. Because the more people you think you're going to win, the more money they're willing to give. Especially if you're going to implement something that's going to benefit them. But that we live in a Christian nation. Well, that's what they tell us. But I had to get some shit off my chest. I appreciate it if you decide to listen. If you've been listening, once again, shout out to Kenya for shouting me out like that. I really appreciate it. Um, this battery's about to die. About to go home and do some husband and father shit. Y'all be good out there, man. Be easy. Make your next day your best day, man. Love one another. Love yourself. If not nobody else, love yourself, then love somebody else. And live your life without limits. No one else is going to live it for you. You only got one. Y'all be real out there. Y'all be easy. Y'all be breezy. All that shit, man. One love. One life. One love. Peace.